Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introduction and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interview Sheetal Pratik, Director of Engineering for Data Integration at Adidas. If the name sounds familiar, Sheetal presented last year about Saxo Bank's data mesh journey at the Data Mesh Learning Meetup, and I'll drop that link in the show notes as well. Sheetal is passionate about giving companies the permission and a workable plan for getting started with Data Mesh. We covered a wide range of things regarding getting started, but a few really stood out for me. One is the concept of not trying to tackle tomorrow's challenges today. If that sounds familiar, Max Schulte also uh, hit on a lot of those same points. You definitely need to think of ahead when implementing something as big as Data Mesh, but Cheadle recommends breaking your implementation into phases, development, adoption, and scaling. You can think about this even as at as low of a level as the data product level, and of course, obviously, at the overall data mesh implementation level. Sheetal recommends starting your initial data mesh MVP with a simple data product with a simple schema. Essentially, your goal is to create a data product that has value and can get adoption, but trying to take on really hard challenges as your first data product is setting yourself up for failure. This is more about building a muscle of how you're going to create data products and how you're going to think about scaling out your data mesh implementation rather than trying to make the most valuable data product in your first go. <laughs> she talks about data team slash IT led MVP versus a business led MVP or minimal viable product and how you might approach either one. I think there were some really good uh, points within that. We discussed how much you really have to have in place to create and evaluate your MVP. There will always be evolution and change in data mesh, and your organization has to be ready for that. You can use that as a scary thing or as an inspirational one. Sheetal chooses it as an inspirational. It gives you the freedom to move more quickly as long as the organization understands that things will change in the future. If you're moving together as a team and you're not thinking that, okay, we flipped the script, data consumers now have all the power and data producers can't change anything, that's not data mesh. You need to be able to evolve 
your implementation and your data products as the business changes and evolves itself. She wrapped up with saying that data mesh shouldn't be scary. You should be excited about this journey and what it can mean for your organization. Get that MVP out the door. It will take time. Don't get ahead of yourself. This can happen if you let it. You should look to specifically limit the budget so that you're not investing a massive amount in your initial MVP, but that you can prove out that there is value in uh, as few as three months, two months, maybe even, and that you can really prove out that this is this can work. So with that, uh, I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Very excited for today's episode. I've got Sheetal Pratik here, who is the Director of Engineering Data Integration at Adidas. One thing I want to make clear up front, as with all of our guests, this is about people sharing their context. It's not about representing the organization that they work with. So uh, Sheetal is, is here to give us her view and opinions of things, but it's not specific to uh, Adidas. So um, if people are familiar with uh, Sheetal's name or if it sounds familiar, she presented at a data mesh learning meetup on Saxo Bank's uh, journey as well. So this is uh, her her second <laughs> rodeo with uh, data mesh and very excited to kind of talk about um, how people should get started and how people should think about their evolution throughout data mesh and their journey. So with that, uh, she thought if you could give a bit of an introduction to kind of your history and uh, kind of what what got you here, and then we can kind of jump into how to think about getting started. Uh, thank you, Scott, so much for having me here, because every time I get associated with discussions on data mesh, that is so very exciting. I'm so thankful for Jamak for getting this revolutionary concept out in the industry. And uh, personally, I really believe in this, uh, and therefore I advocate for this. Reason being, I'm here in the industry for now 19 years, working only on data. So I have started at a place uh, into you know data full stack developer, then uh, moving as a database developer, data modeler, data analyst, leading data teams, small scale, large scale for large organizations, doing nightmarish ETLs, okay, uh, creating heavy uh, documentations. Uh, working on Informatica and so much. I love all these tools and they really helped us all the way. Uh, I have been uh, into the data industry at times where uh, a simple mapping change or a column type change 
would take weeks, right? Because you, you coordinate with your source system, you make sure your Excel document is right. You coordinate with your uh, data modeler, your source system SMEs, then your developers, then your target system, and then do a test and UAT and everything. And uh, what I have realized and by reading when I was trying to catch up on data mesh is uh, as we are, focusing on digital transformations and digitizing the entire value chain uh, to speed our business services and to provide better customer experience. Data that is getting created is uh, voluminous and is of so high volume that never existed uh, in, in past decades. Now, what does that mean? So when the organizations and the consumers are creating data, the organization can only scale if they use that data to provide better customer experience, uh, to provide a lot of insights based out of those data. That means you need to manage that data. And the data that is uh, getting generated is exploding. If it is exploding, if you really want the central teams who have been managing that data for now, whether it is from a database perspective, data warehouse perspective, integration perspective, governance perspective, the team size of that data is also going to explode, which is not scalable. That means you got to push that data management and federate it, right? And if you federate, uh, and now going back to the history of data where we started, we started with silos of data where every system will have their own application. Systems will be bought by larger companies and will have set of silos created. It was working unless you felt a, tie, uh, you know, a need to have a central insight of the data to provide a higher level of customer service. When you move to that time, you realize you started creating central teams, central governance, central infrastructure, central reporting, warehouse. And that worked till the time this data volume exploded. Because now these central teams cannot, it's not pragmatic to scale them up, right? Uh, if we really want, if there was a team 10 years back of 50 people, you might need 5,000 people just to manage that data. Also, it doesn't provide a business value because the problem is uh, you hire data platform engineers and data engineers who are aware of the technology, but they are not aware of the domain and the business. And it takes enormous time for them to provide that business model. So you come to a place where data mesh makes sense, where you have a light touch governance and fed rate. Uh, and I don't doubt that people in the industry are appreciating people like me who know what exactly the problem this is solving. Uh, but the problem is, uh, how do you get it started? You know, you understand the concept, you understand what it does, but every organization needs to have a different flavor of it. Does it make sense, Scott? And, and therefore, you know, targeting it and getting it off the ground in a very customized way is important. Yeah, I think there's a phrase that, that really resonates a lot with what you just said, which is what got you here won't get you there. Exactly. Right? Where do you want to go? What have we done historically won't get you there? And the people trying to say, no, it's fine. We figured out how to, to manage data 20 years ago. It's like we didn't figure out how to manage data at this, you know, with these 
four or five Vs with velocity, variety, volume, you know, all, all these, uh, these different things like where, and exactly what you said as well of there isn't a blueprint because it's dependent on your specific uh, challenges and your specific company culture, right? If, if we say everybody has to uh, apply this kind of cookie cutter approach, it's, it's just not going to work. So um, yeah, I think that that's a great introduction to the conversation. Um, so if somebody is, you, this is again, your, your second time kind of getting started. What, what do you think are the questions that people should be asking of their org to start to get going, to kind of get out of their own way. I, I talk to a lot of people who are putting blockers up as to getting started because they're afraid of, of doing things wrong versus uh, they want to get going and, and figure out the learnings and figure out what's what's the uh, a good approach for them. Yeah. So uh, first of all, uh, you know, I will encourage uh, all the aspirants of data mesh adoption, right? To a little bit read about data mesh, to invest a couple of weeks on reading this. Not to be scared because this is not scary. It doesn't throw you off. And also understand this is not a tool. So when we talk about, uh, I mean, let's talk about a little bit of agile, the ways of working. Agile is a concept that was brought. Agile was implemented, agile was meant to be agile, right? So I, I always had some funny conversations with a lot of my scrum masters and agile coaches when we stuck to agile, okay, no, we only have to do this. And my argument was agile is meant to be agile. It is a concept, it is framework. Some ceremonies or something that worked in the last organization might not work here. Let's look at all the objective of agile ceremonies and the tools and see if we can achieve that same objective here with a different kind of ceremony and a tool, right? Um, and therefore, it's a concept. It wants to achieve something. Data Mesh is a concept. It wants to achieve something. I think there are a lot of products in the organize, in the industry who are now trying to evolve their product or shape their product to offer Data Mesh uh, services or data mesh aligned framework by default, but let's see how do we get there. But till that time, right, till, till those products are mature and we can adopt it right away, what we got to do is understand this concept, understand from data perspective what obligations we have as data leaders in the industry, right? So the obligations that we have is we do have budget obligations. We do have accountability from a business perspective. I'm not even talking about technology here. So we need to have pragmatic team sizes and we need to have a fast turnaround from the business perspective. What we own should be the platforms and we ideally should not compete or try to own everything from a business perspective, right? And that is only we can provide a faster value to business. So how do we do it? Definitely look for platforms which are self-serviceable, which are uh, uh, which can be federated. You have right roles and access and DevOps pipeline created, uh, but don't promise to create all the rules. Work with your business partners to onboard. Uh, you can work in multiple ways. Uh, so you know, if you are trying to federate the data management, 
uh, and your product teams you'll find product teams which are championing in in ownership and accountability you'll also find product teams which are challenged in terms of ownership and productivity it depends on organization to organization your verticals you are working on but uh, look for options how you can help them right so data mesh cannot be zero and one also if you are a startup it can still be zero and one but if you are working in a fairly established organization uh, look for your product partners or product champions who are okay to help you get started look for product champions who are okay to get uh, uh, help you get started but they don't have resources and skills and they do have the intent so enable them with skills enable with them with resources and uh, have a light touch governance uh, around it so i mean we can and and now going further we can talk about uh, taking specific use cases and use case types uh, but the summary of uh, these lines are do not take data mesh to be a tool don't be scared of data mesh understand from the conceptual perspective look at the business problems and the budget problems and the cultural uh, you know the cultural outlines of your organization and think of solutioning a flavor of the data mesh which is working for your organization yeah, I, I liked a, a couple of things. Well, one thing that kept resonating in there is start with the why, not the how, right? Like, what, what are we actually trying to accomplish here? Like, why would we do data mesh if if not for um, moving the, the organization forward? And a lot of what you talked about of the don't create all the rules up front, like it, it's not... And, and when you were talking about we, I assume that you were meaning the IT side and, and things like that, but um, or engineering side or how, however people want to think about the enablement organization for data mesh. But um, I, I liked what you talked about of not creating all the rules up front because you do it has to be a two way conversation. You don't have to try to create everything for for other folks. So I think that's that's a really great point that you made there. And then finding those people with intent and give them the resources. It's not one thing that I'm seeing from a lot of folks that are trying to get going is people trying to extract the data from the uh, domain teams and saying, hey, I need this data. I need this data versus, hey, I'm going to find the people who want to share their data and I'm going to enable them to do that. And I'm going to get them bought in that they should be sharing their data. Why that, that helps the organization, why that helps them, all of that. So I think those are really great points. Um, so I, I think we talked a little bit about the, the cultural aspect. Is, is that how you would look for most organizations to start is to kind of almost do a, a cultural assessment as to how, you know, you do, do your homework a little bit first, right? Read for a couple of weeks, like you said, and then start with that assessment of what might work for us or do we have enough of a high trust environment or do we have to build that trust first or how, how would you think is a good way to go about this? So I'm, a, I'm personally a person who works spaces facts and who would like to offer facts, right? But being in technology uh, space, uh, you never get unlimited budget, right? So how, so I'll start with winning confidence, okay? And presenting facts. That's the rule of thumb. Win confidence, present facts. And how you can do it, right? Uh, and, okay, don't think of, uh, 
you know turning around the organization in in a in an year think about what you want to do take uh, some major stakeholders into confidence get their uh, blessings and you can start with a very lean team uh, i mean ideally 3 to 4 people team who kind of know a uh, enough of technology go with an open source don't have to even invest and uh, then establish a very small scope of a self serviceable platform you can also try and be daring enough to use your existing platform which is not even an open source you can try it out with uh, uh, any of the existing technology landscape also but set up a mvp scope and talk about mvp end to end perspective don't talk about an mvp from a technology perspective that's a good thing to do but hopefully that should have already been done in your organization or the open source should have done it or you just spend few weeks doing a technology mvp but that's not what you get there talk about end to end mvp get some champion from business if you have a senior level champion that's good even if you don't have a very senior level champion but some business champion who trust in you talk about role assessment right so you don't uh, you know you don't have to talk about please become a data owner but go to a prospective business partner to play the role of a data owner and see how it works and if it doesn't work everything gets thrown out right somebody plays the role of data owner somebody plays the role of data steward go with minimum roles somebody delivers a platform existing or take an open source platform and find a prospective consumer establish all the nodes that a data mesh need to know work with the business producer or the data owner to produce a prospective data product which can be consumed via your self serviceable platform help the consumer team to consume that data product and orchestrate as they would need don't focus on the complication of that data product but the flow of this data product once this mvp framework is laid out try to produce that mvp and play it out to stakeholder i'm sure if you don't ask for a lot of money i mean it's a very lean money and it's trying to establish the proof of concept of something which everybody is caring about every people will approve now what you have done right so you have played the end to end mvp for data mesh where there is a data owner he and his team is trying to publish a data product you as a platform team is enabling and automating the delivery of that data product you get that data product offered to the organization and one consumer can consume it that means n number of consumer can consume it so in the nutshell what you have done you would have created in this mvp maybe 20 interfaces because one data product with a little generic schema can be consumed by 20 uh, uh, inter consumers which otherwise would have been 20 interfaces right and once one consumer adopts it look for two or three consumers who can also consume it i think this is a uh, you know getting this also with uh, from scratch take few months but it's a time worth spent and then it becomes your unit of development or unit of implementation for data mesh and you can just 
replicate this. So you can get then more consumers. You can evolve your self-serviceable platform if it makes sense. You can then ask for investment uh, to you know expand and make your platform uh, highly scalable and evolve. Or you can think about taking an enterprise version of that platform. Uh, I mean, then once a trust is established, people see it working, then people realize, oh, this is it. This is what we're talking about. It really helps uh, get you moving. Yeah, I think that's that's great. I, I have a couple of questions on it just to, to that I think somebody might ask as well on that, which um, I'll, I'll ask them quickly and then we can we can jump through because um, I think this is this is a really really good track to, to go down but one is you talked a little bit about starting it sounded like you were saying start from the platform side is this if you are the organization um, that is supposed to be driving the data mesh or do you think every company should be driving from IT or engineering or however you want to call Kind of a data organization is that is that how you think that it should be driven initially no thank you scott so i am not saying this is how it should be driven i have been into technology and i have tried to contribute uh, to it so by default this has been a, my approach but anybody in the organization who has a reasonable influence uh, uh, to the right people in the organization can do it even a developer can do it but he just needs to manage the communication or there are multiple ways. He just establishes the flow and then asks for it. So a business can uh, ask for it. A consumer can ask for it. A producer can ask for it. A platform can ask for it. But the other, the only thing is whoever asks for it, he needs these people onboarded in the flow. So if a business initiates, right, let's, let's talk about it. If business initiates, it's like, oh, I want, uh, and that's the best thing that can happen. Because there are sponsors and if business say, oh, I think data mesh makes sense, it will give us more power, it will turn around our time of, uh, uh, you know, the, the consumption and production of data, let's do it. Then what should be the way? Obviously, he also needs some blessing from the stakeholders, uh, whoever are their stakeholders. He'll need to engage somebody from the platform team who can partner with them. If he's not finding any existing teams who can partner with them, it is also okay to kind of work with a consulting to get two, two or three people on contract and try it out for a month, for a few months time. And then if, if a business has a consumer, he has a data product to offer, he needs a platform, either he leverages an existing platform or he invests in open source. He, I'm not recommending here to hire because it is not yet uh, uh, proven, right, whether they'll go ahead or not. So you contract with uh, some vendor who can offer you uh, uh, this kind of service and try out an MVP for three to four months and uh, present it back to the organization for, for a larger implementation. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and another point that you were making in there was about that it's not about the complication or the complexity of the data product. It's about building the muscle and the understanding of how would we do this? That's what the MVP should be about. Um, at least that's how I interpret it. I am seeing this as a lot of people that are trying to do their, their data mesh POC are trying to say, what is my hardest data challenge? And that's just too much to try and take on, 
at least in my view, it's too much to try and take on as your first data product is to fix this, this massive, massive challenge instead of building that muscle and, and figuring out how to, um, how you want to do this. And, and that, um, blueprint type aspect of, Hey, you mentioned simple schema and things like that. We'd, we'd love to get your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you and, and things, but. So Scott, uh, from my perspective, right. And I think this is a good question and very valid question because even from technology, I keep on hearing this question Oh, you're trying to do, and that is okay because anytime you try to do something new, uh, inst- the, by, by default, uh, the reaction can be, Oh, let's try to do it. Uh, let's experiment. Worst come, worst it's failed. Rather than right away expect that new concept to to tackle the worst problem of the organization, right? Uh, because being in IT, uh, all the con- all the problems have been handled. Every organization is dealing with certain systems and platform, and there are good and worst scenarios and use cases that are implemented, despite the fact that what technology they are using, right? Also in data mesh, what we are not trying to do is solving a technology problem. Every organization is using a different technology, right? We are trying to solve this ownership federation, a process with the right technology. And why should not a data mesh based stack or data mesh based framework should solve it? Because we're not saying that we'll remove Kafka and we'll bring some new tool, which is only for data mesh. We are using the existing platform and just redefining the ownership mechanism, the execution mechanism, uh, uh, and and making it more self-serviceable, addressable, and uh, trying to offer more. So I would recommend, uh, right, people should start trusting it and experiment it and go it on their own uh, pace and evolve the process to solve the complex problems as the platform and the organization matures and switch the platforms accordingly. So, you know, this is a typical transformational uh, uh, exercise. And in any transformation, what happens is you prepare your new platform, you switch from old to new platform, uh, and you have a strategy for your migration. So for an organization which is there, you experiment, you establish, uh, you first do it for one domain, you first do it for a few data products, establish the success and go at your own pace, but at least you get started. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of hesitation around, um, can, can people head down a really bad path with data mesh up front? And I think, the the concept i mean yes you can you could make mistakes up front but the whole concept of data mesh is that you have this federation and you know that you have kind of organizational empathy to things are evolving and will change uh, i had a, an interview with chad sanderson who was talking about um there's this concept of Data consumers don't want necessarily what they're consuming to change, right? Not just the upstream that breaks their data, but the actual table, but the the business is evolving. So that table has to evolve with the business. 
the platform has to evolve. The organization has to evolve. So like we, we kind of have to move towards that cultural aspect of things aren't stable and that we were comfortable because the, the business is changing. So we have to change with it, but that if we're moving together, we have the stability of each other. I know that's kind of, you know, uh, la la, you know, kumbaya type of, of attitude, but I, I think that's, that's actually important to, to point out. So I'm glad you, you made a lot of those points of we have to be able to evolve. We, and, that you don't solve all your challenges up front. You know, you, you and I have talked about this uh, as well of, of how you evolve as an organization, but that you've kind of got to get started. Um, if, oh, go ahead. No, uh, what, what I also wanted to add here is Scott, right? Uh, obviously it is very, very impactful if this goes ahead with delivering the right data products and you have a domain modeling in your organization, you have domains defined, and your, your product area is defined so that products are being consumed. But again, for an MVP, for getting you started to establish the, the success criteria for this, you don't have to, even if you go in phases, right? You don't, you can't do data machine in year for a big organization. It is a multi-year uh, program. And you don't have to solve the entire domain and product, uh, product categorization of the organization on day one or in quarter one or quarter two. Right, so you got to start with probable domain or a small product uh, area or even a product team, establish the MVP, then expand to to kind of work on the domain which wraps that product team, then work within one domain and see if there are multiple product teams that can be carved out of that domain, and slowly and slowly you establish the success criteria or success parameter for more things, right? So you, you establish your MVP around data mesh, you establish the success of establishing a product team, then you, you know, next phase, you establish your success of establishing a domain team, then one domain is successful, it's benefiting out of it, then, you know, there are multiple domains which are being then defined. Um, because defining the domains uh, is, is something tricky if the organization has not done it. A lot of organizations have done it, but a lot of organizations have not done it. But that is a parallel journey. And then another journey is once your MVP is successful, uh, it is accepted, then you can start your literacy programs across the organizations, right? Your educational programs around on this and get business onboarded, technical teams onboarded. And I, I think that dovetails nicely into a couple of different topic areas. So I'll, I'll let you choose which one you think is, is more interesting. But one is um, how do you set yourself up for interoperability between data products? And then um, how do you kind of make sure that your culture is able to do that evolution that you don't have people that are feeling like, oh, things are changing constantly. Like how have you found evolving your culture works to to make people kind of comfortable with those change and, and that, that literacy aspect as well? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. So now we are in a in a so this is how I see it, right? First establishing an MVP, establishing that this unit can be successful. This we can call it a unit of success for data mesh. Then next comes is development and uh, adoption. So from development to adoption, 
then adoption at uh, you know the primary level to scaling out uh, we will hit definitely this in the development phase to adoption phase right uh, where uh, data products operability will be will be uh, addressed so this is how we we should attack so when we move from mvp to uh, you know mvp to the adoption phase when we are defining the data products right we should start with data products which has wi wider consumption rather than focusing on point to point interfaces so we should really start with data products which has wider con consumption look at how generic we can make use the right platforms where the consumption is very intuitive okay and use the right schema versioning and schematic modeling where both the product teams and consumer teams can have a transparent view of that schema now interoperability is itself a big thing right uh, because it talks about lot of things it talks about same data product being consumed by various consumers same data products being evolving and being consumed at different versions by different consumers it also talks about data quality and transparency over data quality it also talks about data being addressable because all of this together makes your data interop data product interoperable right so yeah sorry scott go ahead well, and, and then we have to start to think about how you combine it across the other, you, you, you have, like what you talked about is that unit of architecture of, we have to set it up so that it's capable of even being combined across other um, data products. Because if you don't have that cross data product interoperability, all you have is high quality data silos, which, you know is not a great place to be but like exactly what you said if you kind of have to get that stuff in place that foundation in place before you can really focus too much on that cross data product interoperability whether that's at the so I platform think, kind of magic layer or not correct so i think if we focus on the fundamentals of data mesh right and the fundamentals of data product so what is a data product where you have aligned to the DATSYS principle? If that principle Jamak defines further and I'm sure it will evolve. But as of today, if you align to your DATSYS principle, it makes your data interoperable anyways. Now, if you don't make your data addressable, if you don't make your data uh, transparent, if you don't publish your quality, okay, there's a difficulty in it being interoperable. Okay, and also, uh, uh, and, and I know data products can be consumer driven, it can be producer driven, or it can be both, it can be hybrid, right? So, all of this decision for an organization makes your data product interoperable. Now, second thing is also here as well, I don't see you can go from zero to one. So, you cannot have your the best data product on day one. But as long, because data quality in itself is a little tricky, uh, tricky thing. On day one, you cannot talk to your producer and say that I'm going to make it federated, I'm going to make it data mesh via, and I'm also going to, uh, he is going to go and run away. So let's get the person onboarded. And on day one, you can say, uh, publish a very basic data quality, again, to establish that unit of architecture, saying that your column, 
type is a number. That's something like that. Because as long as it enables you to define your data quality, you can evolve your data quality. But what we are trying to establish is we are trying to make sure that as you publish your data product and it is aligning to uh, you know your data mesh framework, it is aligning to data access principle. Your consumers can view all of this for your data product and can consume it uh, from a platform which is enabling a self-serviceability without you know going to define your mapping document and have n number of hours of conversation with your source systems i think we are headed for success and and when we think about like standards and things like that and you also mentioned providing almost a blueprint schema like how how do you think about providing kind of those easy buttons to the data producers of what what do we have to do to make this easy for them and may, and then you know maybe how that transitions into how do we make this rewarding for them is that all you know is that all economic incentivization or how do we make this a a good and easy experience how do we provide them the resources that they need to get to where they need to go, but that we're not, you know, I, I get very concerned about a lot of organizations having to implement a platform that can handle a ton of different storage types, like a bunch of the, the polyglot storage, I think, is where things can get very, very complicated and difficult. So like, how do we make this so that it is an easier transition? You talked about kind of the early phase are we every domain that we're bringing on, are we kind of bringing them on with lightweight data products and get them kind of building that muscle and then we evolve the data products or we sunset data products and bring on new ones that are more complicated and complex? How do you think about that? That's sorry, that's a lot wrapped into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a there's a lot wrapped into one, but let's uh, let me try to answer this question, right? So, again, uh, here. Again, this might not be important for MVP, right? This can this can be a day two scenario. MVP, you have established the four. Now, day two, what you are trying to, and parallelly, if you're serious about it, a couple of exercises that needs to be done. You need to get ahead around of what are your kinds of sources in the organization. Then when you are scaling up from a platform perspective and finalizing okay whether you choose this open source or you choose this existing platform or you buy a new enterprise version uh, the exercise that needs to be done is uh, the platform has to be compatible out of the box with most of the type of sources that your data producers and consumers will have this is to ensure that it is easy for them going further otherwise you will end up doing a lot of custom work from that perspective if it makes sense to go with the enterprise version please go ahead uh, because i don't think that's that's a problem right as long as the federation and the data mesh principles are met then if the connections to most of the source systems are easy try to give the, I mean, then, then it comes to very much what are the stack that are applicable to the organization, right? Uh, and the generation of schema, and, and, and if we get started, the platform team will have to enable and help. 
but the schema management ownership again should lie with the producer team the challenge here usually will come from a skill perspective right so do we have the right skill uh, because most of the platforms which will enable you to do it in the right way will be a futuristic platform but again this is a logistical issue right it's a skill issue you can contract you can you can onboard two people for three months see how it is working it is more of a skill issue uh, and the and 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 also it needs a light touch governance but it doesn't happen again in the you know first few weeks right it so the organization needs to sit with the people of uh, ownership and people of accountability to have a central framework around the governance so example the producer team the roles and access on your platform uh, you know access management system is defined the product teams do have the access into their individual folders or individual namespaces they can create and manage their schema once they have defined this schema that should go for an up and that should also be automatically governed it will again not happen in day one so it can go for a manual approval from people in the platform team who are accountable for making sure the schema is uh, uh, interoperable and it's it's good enough but over a period of time all of this can be automated once the schema is being checked in you have published your data product on the platform of choice the consumers can search for it and they should be able to consume it they can also notify if there are any schema changes needed and the producer should be able to directly manage those changes without the platform team getting on a day to day basis so obviously the day one day two there are day one scenario day two scenario it, it has to start with manual then semi automated and at a point it gets completely seamless so do you think that the platform team should be publishing schema or there there's kind of these these interesting things of there are standard schemas for different domains that are actual standards right like that that and you can evolve those and you can change those or or extend those but that there are these concepts to to again provide that easy button or do you think that that's that is a very fast way to head down okay. the oh all i have to do is meet this thing and and i'm good and it doesn't actually share the context of the domain no no so uh, the platform team should not be managing the schema it is okay to do from a handholding perspective because there will be skills there uh, but the accountability should be with the domain teams now there are multiple ways we can do it right so there are organizations of type where everybody is working on same kind of schema there are organizations where which will be very huge and everybody will be working on different systems and completely different schema so there are ways to address it the platform team uh, can enable and create uh, an adapter or a router where all the different kinds of schemas are kind of converted uh, uh, you know through this platform and published in the same form right so those kinds of conversions are possible but it again depends on the business case the the landscape of the organization whether it is needed or not needed and i could even see that being a upstream being the an upstream data product right the initial source aligned data product being the um 
kind of raw schema where it's maximized context and that that domain team also owns a consumer aligned yes. data product but it's yes. not a consumer aligned domain which no. is a fun thing that people can can get yeah. into with that but where where you have that that transformation to say okay like if we're trying to fit this into kind of uh, an data warehousing concept of that interoperability that you make it easy uh, to do a cross data product query. Unfortunately, we had a few audio issues here. So if there's a bit of a break in uh, the train of thought, please understand. So, sorry, what I was saying was um, that uh, with the consumer aligned data products, you know, we can think of some of the aspects of data mesh as like a data warehouse where we're, uh, where we're setting things up to be combinable, but that we still have the ability with the source aligned, the producer aligned data product to really maximize and share our context. No, and I perfectly agree, right, Scott here. Uh, so yeah, we are, we have complete autonomy to implement it with the flavor of the organization and teams that we are working in. And this is one good way where you make it easy for consumers. So you have a source-aligned data product. You you derive five consumer-aligned data products from the so same source-aligned data products. Or the consumer team also can take the accountability of creating the consumer-aligned data products. Uh, does that make yeah, sense, right? So, yes. yeah. So, suppose I do have a raw data product and I do have five consumer teams uh, with a very specific business requirement. Uh, so, their SMEs can consume the data product and create their own data product, which they can consume or which they have to offer to further downstream systems. I would be, mm -hmm. I, I mean, anybody can own it. I'm personally biased towards consumers owning it. Interesting. Is, is there any reason that you, you think that the consumers should own that? Example. So just trying to, uh, you know, uh, remembering my early days uh, where uh, imagine what happens if the producer creates those consumer aligned data products, right? So he talks to the consumer team. He understands the rules that he will need it. He'll understand his business. Uh, and this is the same problem in a way that platform team was dealing in a non-data mesh world. So now the consumer team has handle of the data that they are uh, uh, wanting. And if they they would best understand how what they will need out of that data most of the times. So they should be free to generate that consumer aligned data product for wider consumption. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and that we have the platform that allows them to do that exactly. That there's that it's not an over taxing burden to create that data product if you're the consumer. That you're able yeah. to say okay and 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 own it right. That they and that you can have that kind of upstream communication as to if changes are coming, what that might mean for your data product and that testing. I think I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and. We can also talk about a little bit here, Scott. I'll just expand to avoid the confusion. So the consumer aligned data product 
could be for different perspective to provide a more business centric data product to pro provide a data product in the right format okay so when it is about uh, providing a, a you know data product with the right format then it's okay for the producer team to own it right so they publish a data product but they get it converted to the format that the consumer team understands right or a platform team chooses a product or creates a product uh, uh, where that adapter is there uh, again it is very very specific to the organization multiple ways to invent a smooth click on the button implementation but what makes to the teams out there yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense um and as we're kind of hitting time here, I wanted to uh, give you a, a, a bit to wrap up about your thoughts as to how people get going. And, and also maybe we didn't touch as much on a lot of the organizational and the cultural. I know that's very, very company specific, but um, if there's any advice that you have on figuring out what you should do from an organizational and a cultural side. I think that could be very helpful, but I, I think a lot of what you hit on of start with the a simple data product and that it's more about building the muscle of producing data products and of getting consumers used to the idea that they're of what a data product really is. And that there's that that feedback loop and things like that is is really really helpful in getting people kind of out of their way as to do I have to solve every challenge up front? Uh, you don't have to solve your scaling challenges before you solve your adoption challenges before you solve your your um, development MVP challenges. Uh, thanks, Scott. Uh, yeah, so I'll just summarize uh, you know this conversation in a way that. Uh, make sure you understand data mesh. It's not a tool. It's not scary. Get started with least investment. Uh, and and uh, not every use case will need to go by data mesh, but broadly, most of the use cases can go where it, we are talking about offering data as a product to a wide uh, set of consumers. Uh, making it more transparent, uh, making it federated. So please do dare to experiment and uh, the experimentation and MVP can be done at optimally very less cost. If that works for you, run through other domains, run through product teams, run through business, uh, uh, you know, get onboarded at least one champion who can encourage and do it in the right way. Uh, you, you, we do have a lot of open sources. We do have vendors who are working on it. So it doesn't hurt to engage the right teams and the people to at least get your MVP out and then try it out for yourself. Uh, you don't have to do it in a quarter, two quarters, or even in a year. It takes time. So phase out your implementation uh, so that more and more you, you mature on your digital transformation strategy and your data strategy. This just happens intuitively beyond a point of time. I think that's that's a great uh, kind of way to wrap it up here. So, um, Shido, thank you so much for your time. What's the best way if people want to follow up with you for them to get in touch? Is it LinkedIn or Twitter or is there is there a good way to, to kind of get in touch? Yeah, contact? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to be uh, connected on LinkedIn. I'm on Data Mesh le uh, Learning Slack. Uh, you can contact me there as well. I'm actively monitoring these chats as well. 
uh, and i'm uh, i'm okay to you know offer any help if it is uh, making sense to anybody who's looking forward to it yeah and you've been a, a fantastic resource for for people that uh have questions and things so i i uh thank you for being such a a great community member um and with that uh, i'd like to thank sheetal for her time today and thank everyone for taking the time to listen i'd like to thank my guest today sheetal pratik the director of engineering of data integration at adidas as per usual i've dropped sheetal's linkedin in the show notes also dropped a link to a paper that was recently published or is in pre-print but is going to be published soon uh, called Data Governance Using Data Mesh that Sheetal had written with um, the two people who participated with her on the Data Mesh Learning Meetup that she had done in August, Divya and Madhu from ThoughtWorks. So please do check that out. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. April of 2023, I left Datastacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started, so give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information-as-a-service firm. Our offerings are affordable, and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of, throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well and have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music.